In Christ Now, teaching the simple truth as it is in Christ Jesus, providing the means for developing a deeper, more personal relationship with God and our Lord Jesus Christ. The title of this message is Identification in Christ. What is identification? What does it mean to us as Christians? Although the scriptures are rife with this principle of identification, we as the church know little about it and are taught even less about it and as such have seen little effect of it in our individual lives and in the body of Christ as a whole. So what we need to do first and foremost is to define it, to understand what it really is and what it isn't. Knowing that the Christian life is not one of imitation but one of identification is where most of our true spiritual growth will come from. Let's look at the definition of the word identify or identification from Webster's Revised Unabridged Dictionary. To make to be the same, to unite or combine in such a manner as to make one, to treat as being one or having the same purpose or effect, to consider as the same in any relation. The definition of the word according to the New Testament is seen in John 17 and 21 from the New King James Version. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that you sent me. Now to add to this, as John the Baptist said in John 3.30, He must increase, but I must decrease. Identification is the acceptance of the truth of God's Word in that we are one with Christ as He lives in us, moves through us, and expresses Himself to us and from us. It operates under the gifts of grace and faith which we received when we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. The opposite of this word is imitation. It is simply and basically in its most fundamental form any religion that attempts to be accepted by God through their outward conduct and behavior, as in what they do and how they act. Religion thinks the more perfect it is, the more God will approve. Identification is simply acknowledging that we, in our own selves, do not possess the ways and or means to be accepted by God at all. The only true perfect is in Christ as we allow ourselves to be changed by Him from within. You see, the idea here is to become so consciously aware of Christ in us that He has the free opportunity to work through us. Not that we are trying to imitate Christ through our own efforts, but that we are so consumed with Him that only He is displayed through us. Much like Jesus and the Father. Although Jesus was all that God was, He, of His own free will, gave all that up to allow the Father to be displayed through Him, thus forming a true identification with God, not an imitation of God. He only did what He saw the Father do. He only said what He heard the Father say. Him and His Father were indeed one, as Jesus Himself said in Luke 22 and 42, Not my will, but yours be done. How many of us can honestly admit that we have the same attitude and purpose? And if God led us to death's door itself, would we still hold on to that belief that in dying we will live? You see, much of the church expression and behavior has been one of a self-effort to imitate Christ. 
instead of allowing Him to work through us by means of the active agency of the Holy Spirit. Let me assure you, we do not have the ability within ourselves to imitate God. We needed God in our lives to allow Him to produce Himself in and through our lives. So then, how can we now think that we have the ability to imitate Him? Since we have experienced salvation and been born again, are we now made perfect through the effort of imitation of all He is? No, we cannot imitate God, but we can allow Him to work His will and purpose in our lives through our identification with Him and understanding His identification with us. All down through church history, many people have tried to do this of their own selves, never having found the means to continue, the power to provide, and have lacked the actual experience of a real relationship with God. Even though they tried to be like God, they have always failed and always will. Now, I can hear some of you say, but what about Paul, who said in 1 Corinthians 11 and 1, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Well, let's look at Paul's life. Was there anything of Paul in Paul? What was his will and purpose? Most of his letters start, say, or end with Paul, a slave of Jesus Christ, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. And first and foremost, his life, as he said, was Christ and him crucified. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Look at what he said in 1 Corinthians 2 and 2 from the New Living Translation. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. And again in Philippians 1 and 21, from the 20th century New Testament, he says, For to me life is Christ, and death is gain. This sounds a lot like John the Baptist. You see, he must increase, but I must decrease, was referring to when Paul said, Be imitators. What he really meant was, give up all you are, all you want to be, and all you think you are, and let God himself take over your life. Let his will become your will, and let his purpose become your purpose, as it has with me. Now, can any one of us honestly say to ourselves, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain? Paul not only was so identified with Christ that he was able to admit this not only to himself, but wrote it for the whole world to read. This is what he really meant when he said, be imitators. We can see this principle of identification active all throughout the world. Think of our own lives. When we have close friendships, we take on the same attitudes and attributes of those of our friends and spouses. The people who we are closest to and people who are valued in our life. This is not because of any effort on our part. It just happens that those with whom we regularly associate with, we naturally become like. We begin to act alike, to talk alike, and to think alike. This same principle is even more prevalent in the world today than it ever has been. With the continual worship of all these celebrities and sports stars, Everyone likes to identify with a winner, to be like Mike. The whole world, especially in the U.S., is caught up with those people who bring them entertainment. They literally worship these people and try to emulate all they are. But understand, this is also based on a lie. They can never be like Mike. 
So they wear his jersey, act like him, and talk like him without any possibility of actually being like him. So the devil keeps these people in the forefront of their minds and thoughts constantly so that they will not stop and consider him who died for them. Look at the way the world is. Every few years, a new star is born, a new great athlete is presented, and none of it has any true value or meaning except to keep their minds off themselves and their spiritually dead condition. I am also quite concerned that Christians have fallen into this imminent trap and given themselves over to this type of identification. This should not be so. Now the same holds true with God. The more we associate with Him to give Him our attention and allegiance, the more we become like Him. The more we become like Him, the more we allow Him to work in and through us, the more His will and purpose dominates our lives, and the less our own will and purpose holds sway. This is the principle of identification at work in all of us, whether we realize it or not. It is not our effort and invitation that makes this happen, but the natural influence of the Holy Spirit in us that will transform us into God's very own likeness and image. Our own self-effort will block this work. If we don't spend time in developing our personal relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, let the Holy Spirit have His way in you so He ever becomes on the increase. Look at 2 Corinthians 3 and 18 from the Understandable Version. But all of us Christians with unveiled faces see the Lord's splendor reflected as though we were looking in a mirror, and so being transformed into His likeness in ever-increasing splendor. This is the work of the Lord, who is the Holy Spirit. William Barclay's translation reads it like this, And because there is no veil on our faces, the faces of us all reflect the glory of the Lord. We are thus being transformed into His very likeness, always moving on to greater and greater glory. And this is the work of the Lord, who is the Spirit. And from my favorite translation of this verse by Ben Campbell Johnson, it reads, With the veil lifted from our eyes, we see the ultimate purpose of God reflected in Christ. And as we keep this vision before us, we are continually transformed by it. We move from one area of fulfillment to another as the Spirit acts upon us. Think about it. Thank you for listening in. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We encourage you to visit InChristNow.com for more teachings of the simple truth as it is in Christ Jesus.